0: hello and welcome to the share chair podcast where we tell stories and learn from listening
1: Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Share chair podcast. Got a little warning before we get started today as the topic might be a little bit sensitive to some listeners. If you're young and might want to listen to this with your parents, uh, if you're uh, find this topic uh, about the LGBTQAI plus community, you don't have to continue listening. But if you are uh, ready to learn from listening, and boy, did I learn a lot by participating in this interview. And if you're ready to elevate the empathy of our community, then I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Share Chair Podcast. I'm Mr. Koblack from Fruport High School. Uh, for Excited for another year and uh, we're recording today's episode of the second week of school and it will be uh, published sometime later this fall. So uh, today we have student with us Avis Downey. So Avis, welcome to the Share Chair Podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Avis and I'm very excited to be talking today.
1: Thanks. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for uh, agreeing to do this and to tell in your story. And so maybe we can start off a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, straightforward. So tell us like uh, what grade you're in, maybe a little bit about like family or relatives. What do you like to do at at Fruport High School? What are you involved Uh, with? Stuff like that.
0: So I'm a junior and I'm really invested in the choir program here. And I just really enjoy choir in general. And I think choir is like a safe place for me. And I also do like to write poetry.
1: Tell me why you like, does uh, poetry something you do just for fun on the side? Or is there like a poetry class? Or what do you, tell me more about that.
0: Um, so poetry, we don't have a poetry class here. We have like a creative writing class here, but I'm not in creative writing. But I kind of just do poetry as something for fun. But also, like, as a way to express myself.
1: Like a therapeutic kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> So, uh, I think maybe we'll get into deeper to why you might feel the need for it. I mean, everybody has their therapies, but I think you have a specific story there so uh so tell me more about choir. I think you shared we've talked before like you've done choir for a long time, and you used mm-hmm. to sing as uh as a youth uh, younger than you are right now. so uh tell me a little bit about that and why you love choir or why you love to sing
0: um well. I've been singing in choir since middle school so like seventh grade but before that I always loved to sing and I think choir makes me feel more like me whenever I sing and I really enjoy putting in all the hard work into it and then seeing the results. It makes me very emotional because I've worked so hard for it and I just think it's very fun and it's very inclusive and it's for anybody
1: what about bad singers is it really for everybody (laughs) because i would describe myself as uh as a poor singer
0: well (laughs) so i mean preferably you have to like have some like sense of tone and pitch Mm -hmm. but i still think you you can shape a bad singer into a good singer you just have to have the right mindset and you have to be willing to work towards it
1: Okay. Now, now is there more than one choir at our school?
0: Uh, yes. So we it, have... Is
1: one like a little bit more advanced, like you have to have some mm-hmm. skills, maybe like a, an audition or tryout kind of situation? Yeah. Is that the choir you're in, or are you in the other choir?
0: So I'm in Varsity Voices, which is the highest level choir we have at Fruitport.
1: Nice. And how many people are in Varsity Voices? Is it a big class? Is it a...
0: So last year it was like 23 and now it's 46. Oh. So we have a lot of people in there now.
1: And people are enjoying it. Yeah, and I mean maybe for the same things you said it's uh people uh, you said you feel safe there it's a good place you put in hard work so yeah. when you said like you get emotional about putting in the hard work and like getting to the end goal with some success is that like a solo situation like individually or is this like collectively the whole choir work together on this complicated piece or maybe both what do you
0: Mm, I think it's both I mean I really like to like see the results for like when I sing solo so so, like you know solo yeah but I also I kind of really like the whole collective choir coming together because it's like a bunch of different voices and you have to get it just right like the blending and stuff to make it perfect
1: uh I find that some of the things I'm most proud of looking back over decades are times where I've been part of a group. I've been part of a team. And it's, uh, uh, we accomplished this. And it's not so much just about me accomplishing something. So maybe you have a similar idea with your choir experience. So. Yeah. Didn't you share that you had some kind of like, went to some kind of competition, got some good scores? Tell, Remind me what that was. Tell our listeners.
0: So it's uh, called Solo Ensemble, and it's for like, People who want to sing either sol- like solo, duets, sometimes small groups. And basically, you just perform in front of judges, and they rank you. And I got a one, which is the highest ranking.
1: You did a solo?
0: Yeah, nice. I did a solo. Two solo pieces. One was when I have sung my songs, which was an artistic piece. It kind of gave me like opera vibes. But the other one was a folk song and i had the opportunity to go to state but i wasn't able to
1: just like a tie like a logistics thing so you qualified for states but yeah. were able to attend all right and so uh, is that something you'll try again this year like solo ensemble you can do every year yes
0: definitely.
1: when 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 in the calendar is that is that like a, in march or what do you know uh, so it was the fall or spring do you remember
0: I think it's, like, in, like, January or February.
1: Okay, so maybe in the winter we'll ask how it went and hopefully another success story for you. Yeah. So, well, thanks for sharing. So uh, I think maybe I'll just jump, uh, transition right into the meat of, you know, what I think is an important part of your story. You said something about feeling your most self and feeling safe uh, and choir, and I'm so glad to hear that. And you identify as part of the LGBTQ a, I plus, did I get it all right? Yes, Yes, and did. so I know that the letters evolve sometimes over years. so you include more and have more subgroups there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure how to start by this. Uh, um, do you want to say where you fit in with this and tell us about, uh, you know, yeah, why don't you just, I'll shut up and you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I identify as part of the T and Q in the plus.
1: What do those stand for?
0: So the T stands for trans, the Q represents queer, and then the plus represents any other identity beyond that isn't included in the label.
1: And is it worth, like some people might not know what trans or queer means, maybe it's worth sharing what those what those words mean to s- listeners that don't know. If you don't mind, teach so, us.
0: So being trans means you don't identify with the body you were born with so like mainly like your sex, like what you were born with. And usually when you talk about being transgender, it's trans man or trans woman. A trans woman is someone who was assigned male at birth, but they transition to a female and present as female. And then trans man is someone who was born female at birth and then they present as a man and identify as a man. And then the Q, which is what I identify as, I identify as gender queer, which is underneath the trans spectrum.
1: Like a subcategory? Is that what you yeah. mean by underneath? Okay.
0: And basically I just identify as androgynous, which means like a mix of male and female. I don't really feel like the binary can truly describe how I feel, so I kind of prefer something either in the in-between or something entirely else
1: okay I think that was very thorough and I might take some listeners that are new to this to, in, including myself some time to process what some of the you know absorb all that information so I thanks for uh, uh, sharing it so uh, so I remember you describing once before when we talked that younger that, that you kind of felt like a tomboy I think it's a term you used and I think A lot of people know what that, you know, kind of means. Mm -hmm. You like to, you know, do what typically the the boys were doing in the neighborhood or something like that. So so this is – I feel like as I've talked to students that are, you know, in similar situations, like there's different ages – where this becomes a really important part that they're processing. Like yeah. some people, it's their teenagers or some people it's after high school where they finally like, wow, I, th- I, think, I think I'm think i gay, right? Or, or whatever yeah. the term is. It, but it sounds like it might have been a little bit earlier than typical for your story. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about th- that their youth, your middle school, maybe when you first realized this, maybe when you, uh, you know, kind of came out and shared with other people. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair thing to talk about?
0: Yeah, so... Thanks, please do. I was five when my parents started to notice that, like, things were kind of off. I would tell them that I wanted to be a boy, and they they interpreted that as I just want to do what boys do, like, you know, like as a tomboy. But as I got older, it started to become more than that. Like, I didn't feel comfortable when I was younger being with the girls or being associated with them. And it was a really confusing feeling because I was told I was just a tomboy, but it was kind of deeper than that. And And this is
1: when you're 10. Yeah, this is an early age to be processing this stuff, challenging for a developing brain and, you know for instance so yeah all right keep going sorry
0: (laughs) and then I came out at 12 so the way I came out was we were having this little poetry assembly thing at my old school Oak Ridge and we were just told to write poetry about something that we love something that we care about something that makes us passionate something like that and I wrote about all the feelings I was feeling, and I ended up being called on to share my poem with the whole assembly, and I just told them all. And I remember at the end, I said, I am not my dead name, I am AJ, which is what I wanted to be called by back then.
1: And so this is, this is like, like in front of the whole school, and did, did, when you wrote this poem, when you wrote this, this piece, like, did you know that you were going to maybe get to or have to share it? Okay. Or did you write it more for yourself? And
0: I, I think I wrote it for myself, but I did want to share it with people. But I, it was, are you glad
1: it worked out that way that you got picked to share? Or was it, do you wish it was a little different looking back on it?
0: I don't know, I kind of feel a little mixed about it, because after the whole poem, the next day, all my classmates, they were like, wow, I feel the same thing that you do, I'm so proud of you, and then that kind of shifted as I went into middle school, and it's something that would they would start picking on me for.
1: Ah, so there was an initial wave of support, but then there was a discomfort... With other people, which turned into negative interactions to you. Yeah. I might be generalizing too much, you know. <laughs> but uh, if I'm am I understanding kind of understanding what you're sharing, right? So yeah. What did uh, uh, uh what was what did the teacher do after you uh, read your read your piece?
0: Well, I was crying as I finished it, so she took me out and she pulled me aside and she told me how proud she was of me for sharing how I felt. Because she knew that I was trying to come out and tell people that I wasn't a girl. And it was just really nice to hear that she supported me in a time mm-hmm. where my parents didn't at the time.
1: Well, what, can we talk more about your parents there? So your parents at first were hesitant to support you. Is that true? And yeah. are they supportive now or more supportive? Maybe there's not a, a yes or no, but is there su- support for par- from your parents?
0: Oh. Um, they support me, like they, they're allowing me to transition, but they don't fully understand or comprehend my new identity because I used to identify as a trans man. And it took them a little bit to get on board with that, and then they accepted me. And then now that I present more feminine now compared to what I did back then, it kind of confuses them Because I don't identify as a girl, but I wear makeup and stuff like that, which kind of confuses them.
1: I mean, there's some spectrum of Mm. adults and parents and supportive family members, right? Sometimes parents are very supportive, sometimes unsupportive. You're processing all this, right? And probably Mm -hmm. uh, your family members are too. Yeah so but they're uh, supportive of you of sharing the story in the podcast so that's a nice uh, level of support right
0: yeah it, it is nice yeah
1: i mean that's uh, no way to start so maybe i go back you said that you're in the process of transitioning is that right yeah so t- i'm not sure i know what that means like is it like a there's you, you just don't flip a switch there's a you know there's steps is it's is a journey yeah can you uh can you teach me what you mean or tell me what you mean by
0: that So I just want to say that the journey is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. So in my journey, I look forward to medically transitioning at one point. For some people, they don't want to medically transition, whether it be just because they don't feel the need to or they're doing it for safety reasons. But I would like to medically transition in the future.
1: So you said medically transition and maybe just so I can be clear down the road, Uh, I is this like something that has physical body part stuff or is this like a hormone thing or both of those? I feel like I've heard both of those in the transition story, but maybe I don't fully understand.
0: Uh. Mm, I mean, for me personally, what I want to do is I'm debating going on testosterone, not the shots, but they have other alternatives.
1: Okay,
0: like they have testosterone gel that you can just put on your body and it just like absorbs into the skin Mm -hmm. and then i do want to get top surgery which is like removing the chest tissue so okay yeah
1: so well thanks for sharing that what uh uh and that's down the road something so Mm -hmm. okay what uh, so? Uh, what do your friends call you now? So I first met you, and you and uh, Alec was a name, yeah. but I, mean, I heard it something about AJ, and I'm sort of the and then uh, obviously I introduced you as Avis. Is that is Avis the your preferred name? What you yeah. go by with your friends?
0: So I let my family call me Alec because I'm not gonna try to make them change the name again because they already changed the name so many times. But I go by Alec or Avis, mm-hmm. but I do prefer Avis. That's what I use usually at school or at my workplace. But I let some people call me Alec.
1: So people that have known you for a long time, but if you're in a new class with a new teacher, then, you know, they might yeah. not know you, you know, as a... Alec, but you know, so you can introduce yourself as Avis, so very simple. So uh, part of your story uh, is that you said you're old school, and it wasn't like you moved up in the district. You used to go to Oak Ridge School, so now you're Mm -hmm. at Fruitport Mm -hmm. Schools, and you moved in ninth grade, or in the summer of ninth grade, or Uh, when did you switch schools?
0: I moved after uh, eighth grade summer, so I came in as a freshman. So your
1: first day at high school, you were also the new kid at the school. And you come with this whole other level of complication with your, mm-hmm. uh, with your trans queer, uh, you know, yeah. status. Is that the right word? Status, um, trans queer label. What's the yeah, uh, label? Yeah, label. Is that the right? Right, I'm gonna or identity. Identity. Oh yeah, trans queer identity. So you come with that, and that's uh, you know, th- things some other people are you know. Uh, processing or dealing with so how was your first ti- first days at a new school I imagine it the stereotypical thing is that it was tough or it could have been lonely is that stuff you experienced
0: yeah I honestly can't remember the first day of school honestly I can't remember anything from my previous years in high school except for like like a uh, serious moments that like Still, I can remember kind of clearly, but it's still kind of foggy.
1: Well, I don't understand what you mean. Like, you can't remember your sophomore year? No. You couldn't tell me who your teachers were?
0: I mean, I know who my teachers were, but it was like, I just, I didn't remember, like, the, mo- like, the non important things okay
1: well w- everyone remembers the more important and the more impactful things more than others I would guess but like maybe are some of those like negative experiences you don't want to remember so you're like trying not to like, like a psychological kind of thing maybe
0: yeah I have a lot of trauma actually regarding my transition mm-hmm. and it was really hard just like
1: because people going through that in our society there's minute levels of acceptance is that kind of the deal and sometimes people respond in mean yeah judgmental ways
0: yeah i'm sorry I, to hear
1: that it's I, okay. I i mean i know that's the case that it happens but when it happens to a student i care about it's you know I not pleasant for me so and of course not even close to pleasant for you so
0: yeah it's just it's kind of hard to talk about my transition because I'm starting to realize there's so much trauma associated with it, and I'm starting to realize that the bullying I went through was really traumatic for me, and, like, just some things shouldn't have happened.
1: Is the word bullying comes up a lot in the Share Chair podcast. So uh, the bullying, that did that start, like, in fifth grade and middle school and high school? Like, has it been, or was it, like more one was one grade where you were bullied or is it multiple phases
0: uh multiple phases i think i've been bullied ever since elementary Mm -hmm. just for different reasons as i got older and mainly middle school and high school the main reason why i was bullied was because i'm transgender
1: because you're different yeah and for some reason that's a problem to people yeah I will come across as judgy that that's kind of silly to me. So we're all different. So, well, you know, the Shared Chair podcast started, you may not know this, um, as kind of like this uh, anti-bullying elevate empathy. And with a simple kind of goal, like, hey if we tell stories, if we hear other people's stories, then maybe we'll understand where they come from and we'll be more pleasant and more accepting and more patient. And we've gotten, you know, sometimes stories get into big topics like this, and I think this is a a good example. And I hope that your bravery of talking about this uncomfortable stuff will make a difference. And maybe you won't feel the full effect of the difference, maybe it'll make a difference for other people down the road, and I hope that I hope that gives you some satisfaction even though yeah <laughs> I with mean, that.
0: this is the whole reason why I came on here because I want to help other people so they know that they're not alone and stuff
1: that's great what what kind of support system do you have when you have tough times uh, do you have friends do you have adults that you get to talk to or are there any clubs or anything like that
0: Um, I don't really have any stable friendships right now, but I do have my therapist and psychiatrist that I do talk to regularly. So, and then I've also been doing like journaling and poetry, and I think that's very therapeutic.
1: Did the journaling and poetry come with advice from your uh, therapist, from your counselor, like as a a technique to... Mm.
0: Yeah, so I... I actually shared one of my poems with him, and he said that I should keep doing the poetry because he feels like it's helping me a lot, and it's helping me realize some things that I wasn't fully processing before, and now I'm kind of facing them all now.
1: Well, that that sounds both good and challenging, (laughs) that you have to face these, but... Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, thanks. So I'm sorry to hear I, I'm hearing you say that you don't have a ton of friendships. So, so school a lonely t- could be a lonely time and stuff. So do you have friends in the choir class? You talked about choir enjoying that. Is a, you have a few more connections there than maybe a typical classroom.
0: I mean, yeah, I do have some friends, but we don't really talk outside of school. I mainly talk to them in school, but. Yeah, I like them.
1: All right. Well, I hope that maybe this year that grows a little bit for you, and you get some more. Yeah. Have you ever thought about joining the the school musical and and doing singing on stage? I imagine that's a, a, another level of discomfort or time commitment. So is that something that you you ever think about doing?
0: Yeah, I actually was in a musical before at my old school. I was a I was a flying monkey and an Aussie in like a little like. In the Wizard of Oz thing, yeah, like, like
1: when you were a younger kid. Yeah. yeah, okay.
0: And I really do want to do the musical this year, but it's just kind of hard with work and stuff.
1: Oh, it's a major commitment. So, oh, ah, yeah. all right. Well, uh, if it works out, I hope it works out great for you to, to give that a try. So, so we end all of our podcast episodes asking our guests to share some advice and so uh do you have any uh, advice you'd like our listeners to hear as we end our time together
0: yeah i think that what the listeners should know is that they should stay true to themselves no matter what even if it's like painful or hard that they should just follow their heart
1: stay true to yourself follow your heart and i imagine part of that is discovering yourself right once you yeah. discover yourself stay true to yourself so uh and is that something that you're giving that advice because that's something does someone give you that advice um, or is that you have kind of
0: no i've kind of just adopted that through like figuring out who i am throughout the years and, and it's reflecting been,
1: it's been valuable for you and you want other people yeah. to know and so it could be valuable for them so Well, Avis Downey, thanks so much for sharing and being open about these topics and uh, being part of the Share Chair podcast. It was great to have you.
0: Yep. Thank you, too. That's it for this week's episode of the Share Chair podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.